Welcome to the Apostolic Keynote Podcast from King of Faith Church. This message is by Colin Urquhart. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. We'll read that just once more. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Now, you hear me tell you often that what John wants us to understand in the way that he presents the teaching of Jesus in his gospel is that we relate to Jesus now in the same way that he related to the Father when he was on earth. Now, Jesus, this is another one of these statements that show how completely dependent he was on the Father. I live because of the Father. We have to remember that Jesus was born as a baby. He didn't come as the triumphant king in the way that the Jews were expecting at the time. So as a baby, he knew nothing. Everything he had to learn. And we've seen how he, the scripture says he learned obedience through what he suffered, through the things that he had to face. But he was completely dependent upon the Father and upon his relationship with the Father for all the information, all the revelation of the truth that he needed in his life. So he lived in that complete dependence of the Father. He lived in that unity with the Father, knowing that the Father would always show him what he was doing, what the Father was doing, and therefore what he wanted Jesus to do, that he would always give Jesus the words to speak. So that's how Jesus lived. And if we're to walk as Jesus did, then this is how we are to live in relation to Jesus. That all the revelation of the truth we receive from him through his word, by his spirit, that like Jesus, we can do nothing of ourselves. So Jesus made that clear to the disciples, apart from me, you can do nothing. So everything that is going to fulfill the will of the Father is going to come from him, from God, through his word, by his spirit, into our hearts and lives so that we have the revelation we need. Now, you've also heard me say several times that revelation doesn't accomplish anything. Revelation doesn't produce fruit. And for Jesus just to hear what God was saying didn't produce any fruit in his ministry. What produced the fruit is what he did in response to what he heard. When he acted in faith and in obedience to the word of the Lord, the word of the Father, therefore, he then produced the fruit by being obedient to what the Father said. Now, God has been talking to us about breakthrough and breakout. Now, we've got to have some reality about this. There is no such thing as the breakthrough. Breakthrough is a continuous process. There are many times when we will break through to a new place in God and God will break through in our hearts and lives in a new and distinctive way. The test of any breakthrough 
is what breaks out in our lives. That if we have a genuine breakthrough, then there's going to be a difference <clears throat> in what is outworked in our lives because of the breakthrough. Breakthrough is not a matter of simply proclaiming the truth over your life. Now, we know how important it is to keep confessing the truth, confessing the truth of the word of God, of keep speaking the word of God over our lives. That does not, in and of itself, produce the breakthrough and the breakout that God wants to see in our lives, both personally and corporately. As you know, every day uh, of my life, I confess the truth of over 50 scriptures over my life. Now, if you look at all those 50 scriptures, what I'm actually confessing is the ability to live totally the life of Jesus Christ here on earth. I want to place my life under those words, under those truth. But I know that simply, although I do it prayerfully and sometimes take quite a time to, to do that, I know that simply confessing those words of truth do not produce breakthrough or breakout in my life. What I am doing is actually speaking what God wants over my life. Now, I was talking to you students last week about the difference between position and performance. So in speaking the truth over my life, or when you speak the truth over your life, you are speaking all the time of the position that God has given you, of what he has done for you, of how he has placed you in Christ, how you can now live at one with the Father, and so on. How he has blessed you in Christ with every spiritual blessing. How his divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. And we can go on and on confessing these great truths. And it's good that we place our lives under these truths and others like them. But just confessing those truths does not in and of itself, mean that those truths are being expressed in my life or in your life. It's, what, it's the way in which I respond to those truths in the way that I live that will produce breakthrough and breakout. So there will be a number of breakthroughs although I think the correct English would be breaks through, but that's a bit of a mouthful, so I'm going to use breakthroughs. The, every time your life in some way gets adjusted so that it comes more in line with the word of God, that's a breakthrough. Not just speaking it, but actually seeing the outworking, the evidence in your experience of what it is you proclaimed. That is a breakthrough. So God wants there to be a whole series of breakthroughs where we're constantly breaking through to a new place in God. Now you see, if that breakthrough is something I experience rather than simply something I proclaim, there is going to be evidence of that in my, in my life, in what I say and what I do. In other words, the breakthrough will lead to a breakout. We're not waiting for a moment when suddenly there will be a major breakthrough and everybody will suddenly uh, be in heaven on earth. Nor is there just going to be a simple moment of time or an event when God breaks out. There should be, there will be, a series of, of, of times when 
not only will we have our personal breakthroughs, but there will be corporate breakthrough, when the whole body will break through to a new place in God. And there will be a series of times when, when there will be further breaking out of our lives. We, we will never accomplish all of that in a single experience or at a single time because it's just too great. There's just too much uh, to, to make that possible. Now, although there will be these series of breakthroughs taking place, there are always times of major breakthrough. When God has confronted you with something that perhaps you've been struggling with for some time, and God does a real number on you, there is really a deep transformation, a deep change that takes place in your heart in some way, that then will be reflected in what you say you and do, the way you live. So there will be lots of these minor breakthroughs, these minor adjustments of what God is, is doing in us so that our lives come more in line with his life. But there will also be those times of major breakthrough. But again, those times of major breakthrough do not come by simply proclaiming the truth over our lives. We know how important it is to do that. But all of those breakthroughs, whether minor or major, are the work of the Holy Spirit. And you see, we cannot even dictate how or when such breakthroughs will happen, especially the major things. This is why every day we come in here and we not only worship the Lord, but we wait upon the Lord. That doesn't mean that we're waiting for something to happen, but we are opening our hearts and lives to the empowering of the Holy Spirit for him to bring about any transformation that he wants to in our lives. Now, normally, that's going to be these small changes, these small adjustments, which should be happening every week of our lives. Almost every day of our lives, God doing something new, something more, making us in some way more like Jesus. This is why the scripture says that he is transforming us into his likeness with ever increasing glory. It doesn't happen as one major event where suddenly you are like the glorified Christ. Wouldn't it be easy if all we had to do was to say, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And immediately you were healed. You see, you, you know it's, that is the truth. By the stripes of Jesus, we're healed. We know how important it is to believe that. By the stripes of Jesus, we're healed. But you know that simply saying, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed, does not immediately produce healing. Because that truth has to take substance in our lives and it's only the Holy Spirit that can actually give you the healing of which that word speaks. So there are times when we have to hold fast to the word of God with an honest and good heart, which is how Jesus expressed it. Hold fast to the truth until we see the outworking of that truth in our lives. It would be so simple if all we had to do is speak breakthrough over our lives and the breakthrough happened. Or speak healing over our lives and the healing happened. I mean, life would be simple if that's all we had to do. But the reality is different. And God is wanting us to live in reality, not in unreality. See, we can be unreal when we just proclaim things, but we don't see the outworking in our experience, in our lifestyle, really. So we keep proclaiming the truth, but what God is concerned about is not simply bringing your mouth in line with the truth, but bringing your life in line with the truth. So that what you are doing is not only speaking the truth, but living the truth. And when we live the truth, then there is breakthrough in our lives. 
because you apply one aspect of the truth after another to your life. And the Holy Spirit is wonderful in the way in which he confronts each of us, he puts before each of us those areas where a breakthrough needs to happen because he knows that there is an area in your heart or your life that is not totally in line with the will of God. So you see, the revelation of what God wants to do always has to be followed by repentance and faith. And again, you don't just repent on one occasion. You don't just believe on one occasion. There's this continuous tense in the Greek, isn't there? And there's this continuous, that speaks of the continuous activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It would be good if we could just have a meeting and say, right, I'm going to speak revival over kingdom faith now. In the name of Jesus, we believe we have revival. Hallelujah. And we all go hallelujah. And we could get excited, you see, with revelation like that. But the test is, well, does the revival happen? And the answer is, well, that is dependent upon the Holy Spirit moving in such a way as to bring the revival that is needed. Just proclaiming the truth does not actually lead to the execution of the truth to the working out of the truth. We need to keep proclaiming the truth, but we proclaim it until we see it outworked. I can remember hearing somebody say once, when uh, talking about the holiness of God to uh, a group of, of pastors, leaders, he said, keep preaching the holiness of God until you see it happen in your own life. And see, this is the thing. We keep speaking, we keep even preaching, we keep teaching, we keep affirming the word of God until we see it. And this, this, is, this is what concerns God. Not that we simply know the truth or we can speak the truth, but we actually are living by the truth. Now, you see, this is what Jesus is saying in this scripture that we read right at the beginning. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. He doesn't say, I know the truth, or I proclaim the truth because of the Father, but I live because of the Father. And so you see what needs to happen in our lives is that we can say, well, just as Jesus lived because of the Father, so we live because of Jesus. This is why Paul says the secret is this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, we know also, because God has been impressing this upon us week by week throughout this term, that the key to everything of the outworking of God's purpose in our lives is that we abide in him, we remain in him, we continue to live in him, we rest in him, continuous, um, continuous resting in him, continuous living in him, continually remaining in him, and then he will continue to live in us. So we do that in prayer. We, we abide in him. We rest in him. We, we exercise our faith by resting in him, by depending upon him. But you see, the outworking of that is that then Christ will express his life in us. So it's not something that is simply confined to prayer or to times of worship or when we come in here to meet with the Lord at 8 o'clock that actually the way in which we remain in him, rest in him, trust in him, depend upon him, is going to have practical outworking because Christ in us will express his life more fully through us. So our aim all the time, what we're aiming for, 
is, is not to abide or to remain or to rest in Christ. That's not the aim. The aim is that Christ will live his life in us. You see, what Jesus was saying all the way through uh, the revelation that he gives of his relationship with the Father is he was saying, the Father is living his life in me. He was saying, the life of heaven is being expressed in my life, in my ministry. And that can only happen because of my unity with the Father, my dependence upon the Father, and my submission to the Father. So that all that matters in, in your life, as far as God is concerned, is how much of Christ is seen in you. Because the resting in him, the believing in him, the trusting in him, leads to the fact that his life is expressed in your life. His love is expressed in your life. His glory is expressed in your life. That all that he is becomes expressed in your life. So there are many times of breakthrough when more of that has happened, more uh, happens, more of that life gets released in your life. And what God wants is when you have those breakthroughs, for those breakthroughs to remain, not to have a breakthrough and then lose ground again because you go backwards, but to keep moving forward from one breakthrough to another, to another, to another, you see, this is why we can never come to the end of seeking God, of, of meeting with God, of, of wanting God to do more in our lives. We can, never, we can never reach the point of saying, I've arrived. We can never actually say, now, hallelujah, the breakthrough has happened. No, a breakthrough has happened. But there will be many more breakthroughs that need to happen. We can't, we will never even be able to say, hallelujah, the breakthrough, the breakout has happened. Because God will break out more and more in our lives. But we'll never come to the point where the perfect life of Christ breaks out and is expressed in our lives personally or corporately. We are in a process with the Lord. And that's very important to remember because otherwise you can get into the realms of unreality. And you can just think, well, if I have, now listen to me carefully, if I have a particular experience, I've broken through. You see, that is to place your faith on your feelings. Are you with me? No, 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 no. It's wonderful that we have experience, right? But that experience has to lead to fruitfulness. Otherwise, it's not the kind of experience God wants us to have. Jesus didn't say, by your proclamation, you will be known, or by your experiences, you will be known, but by your fruit, you will be known. So God wants us to experience him, but he doesn't want us to think that if we have an experience, we have arrived. No, no, no. What God is looking for is the fruit in our lives. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. It's what happens as the result of what we experience. And the fruit often comes through the way in which we have to lay down our lives for others and therefore for the Lord. It's the outworking of what we say. You see, it's easy for us to, to have a time, say, of consecration. Oh, Lord, I consecrate my life to you fully. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord, that when you went to the cross, you consecrated me. I thank you, Lord, that you've sanctified me in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, I can live a consecrated life. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Wonderful. That's truth. It's good to proclaim such truth over your life. But what God is looking for is not a proclamation of consecration, but a consecrated life. Okay, if that's what you say and that's what you believe, 
God is really saying, let's see you put your life where your mouth is. So it's not just a matter of words, but it's a matter of what you do. Why? Because Jesus tells us that on the day of judgment, we will be rewarded according to what we have done, not according to what we have proclaimed, not even according to what we have experienced. Now, I was talking to some of you students about the way that we read in Scripture about people having major encounters with God in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But in our Old Testament lectures, we, we've been seeing how various people like Moses and Gideon and so on had these major encounters with God. But why? Why? not because we could read about their major encounters of God, but because we can read about what God did with their lives because they had those major encounters with God. It's the activity that those encounters with God led to that make them the great men of God that they were. Are you with me? You see, and, and this is what God is looking for all the time. Not just that we know the truth, understand the truth, speak the truth, proclaim the truth, give thanks to God for the truth, but how the truth then takes hold of our lives. Now, this is why at the Last Supper, when Jesus taught the disciples about the Holy Spirit, he said what he did. Remember, he spoke very little about the Holy Spirit during the course of his ministry because, of course, it wasn't relevant until the time was imminent when they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there are a few things Jesus said, but you can you could write them on a single sheet of paper, I mean, in a paragraph even, of what he said at other times in the whole of his ministry according to the revelation that we have in the Gospels. But when it comes to the Last Supper, he doesn't talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't talk about even uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He talks about the nature of the Holy Spirit. He talks about <clears throat> who the Holy Spirit is and the purpose that God has in actually imparting his Spirit to us. When people talk about the Holy Spirit these days, they often concentrate upon the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. You can have courses of sermons on the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. And sometimes people miss the significance of what Jesus is saying to the disciples at the Last Supper, that essentially he is the Spirit of truth who guides us into all the truth, who takes the things of Jesus and declares them to us. Not just the words of Jesus, but takes the things of Jesus and declares them to us. So, the Holy Spirit, all the time, will cause you to focus on Jesus. He will never cause you to focus on his activity. You will be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. You will be dependent upon the Holy Spirit's activity. But if he is really active in your life in the way that he desires, then he will be pointing you to Jesus, to what Jesus has said, to what Jesus has done, encouraging you to have faith in Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be reproduced in your life. That is the job of the Holy Spirit. You see, you cannot change your life to become more like Jesus. Only the Holy Spirit can do that in you. And you see, the Holy Spirit doesn't do that by changing you, but by exchanging you the life of Christ for your life. So what is a breakthrough? A breakthrough is an area of your life when you cease to operate, you cease to be in control, you cease to be in charge, 
and the Holy Spirit is allowed to take over so that Christ is then is expressed in that area of your life. That's breakthrough. That is a breakthrough. But you see, there are many ways in which that needs to happen. And it's a, a continual process that God is, is leading us through. So that in one way after another, there's more of Christ and less of you. More control of the Holy Spirit in your life rather than you trying to control your own life. You see, you see in Jesus, and what's the theme of everything that God is doing in our lives this autumn? To become more like Jesus. You see in Jesus complete revelation of the Father. Why? Because of his complete dependence upon the Father. I haven't come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the problem for us, you see. It's getting to the point where we don't want our own will. Hello. What we would prefer if it was left to us would be a kind of Brexit compromise. Now, you see, nobody's happy with this Brexit deal because it's a compromise. Compromise satisfies nobody. Everybody is dissatisfied because of compromise. And compromise in our lives does not please the Lord. Neither does it give us any sense of fulfillment of the Lord's purposes. So we can say, I delight to do your will, O God, because it's easy to say that. We can read it in the Psalms, we can sing it, we can say it. I delight to do your will, O God. And we can be very sincere, we can mean that. Yes, I delight to do your will, sometimes. But the word sometimes isn't in the scripture. And there are times when you don't delight to do his will. That's why you don't do it. You see, what is sin? Sin is anything that is opposed to the will of God. So if you always delighted to do the will of God, you would never sin. Now, what did Jesus say of himself? I do everything to please my Father. Everything please my father everything I'm not there are you there I don't do everything to please God I mean if you do I'll shut up and you can come out here and you can take over because you've got something to teach us see I think if I did everything to please God I would suddenly be translated I'd do an Enoch and I'd leave you hallelujah Done my bit, I'm off. No, 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 life's not like that, is it? I do delight to do the will of God. But at the same time, I know I don't do the will of God perfectly. That's nothing to be proud of. But I would live in unreality if I wasn't aware of that. If I thought I'd please God in every way, I would be guilty of what John talks about in his first letter. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. See, the truth is not in a person who thinks like that. The amazing thing about Jesus is that he describes his heart as being humble and gentle. He was the man of power, the man of authority, and yet his heart was humble, meek, submitted to the Father. 
gentle, not self-assertive, but gentle. So Jesus never forced even his own disciples to do the will of God. He gently, humbly put the word of the Father before them. He knew it was then up to them to respond to that word and to put it into practice. No force, no overpowering them with his personality or anything like that. He puts the word before them. And then he says, well, if you love me, you will obey these words. You'll obey my commands. Just as I love the Father and obey his commands. So the great thing about what Jesus tells us to do is he never tells us to do anything that he didn't do himself. Whatever he did in relation to the Father, he tells us to do in relation to him. Now, the importance of realizing that is that what Jesus is saying is everything that he tells us to do is doable. He doesn't tell us to do anything that is not doable. He's proved that it's doable because he's done it. In the weakness of his humanity, he's done it. But also, you see, God has imparted the Holy Spirit to us so that whatever he says becomes doable. Not if you trust in yourself, not if you try to do it uh, in your own strength, but by faith and trust in him, whatever God says is doable. So, for example, Jesus says, again at the Last Supper, Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. And greater things still will he do because I go to the Father. Leave the greater things still for a moment. Just be content, first of all, with doing the same things as he did. But what does Jesus say? Anyone, anyone who has faith in me, anyone who believes in me, will proclaim over his life that he can do the same things? No. Will proclaim over his life that he has breakthrough? No. He will actually do the same things as I've been doing. In other words, there will be the outworking of the truth that is believed. We all know that the only way that Jesus could do what he did was through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which is why he lived for 30 years on earth before his ministry began because he was waiting for the time when the Father would pour upon him the life of the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit for his ministry. Once he had received that power from on high, then his ministry could begin. Before that time, we have no evidence of him ever ministering to anyone. And you remember he said to the disciples when he appeared to them uh, in his risen body, don't go out and start proclaiming that I've risen from the dead and, and start preaching the gospel. Wait first until you've received the power from on high. Once the Holy Spirit had come upon them, then they were out in the streets praising God. 3,000 came to the Lord the first day. Why? Because of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Everything is dependent upon the anointing. Everything is dependent upon the Spirit. So you see, it's great that we speak the truth, we proclaim the truth. But the only way in which we're going to bear the fruit that God is looking for in our lives is by living the truth. And you students, you've only been here a few weeks, your first years, only been here a few weeks. And look how your life has changed already in that time. Look how your relationship with Jesus has developed just within a few weeks. 
your prayer life, your worship life, it's been transformed. You as a person are different. When you go home over the Christmas period, other people are going to see that you're different because of what God has been working within you. Of course, while we're here, the, the fruitfulness of our lives is limited while we're in a training situation, but this training period of your life is going to give birth to a lifetime of fruitfulness. So this is why it's so important for us to allow the Holy Spirit to do this transforming work in our lives, this replacing the presence of Christ, the life of Jesus, the power of Jesus, where before there was just self. And that's breakthrough, you see, every time an area of self gives way to Jesus. Hallelujah. More of Jesus in you. More of Jesus through you. And the more that takes place, the more you will do the same things as Jesus and even greater things because the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon all flesh, which was not the case during the ministry of Jesus. But I'm not going to talk about that. That's another subject. So praise God. What he is doing in us and among us is so important. So there's just one more thing I want you to understand. I've said this before, but it needs, it needs repeating every now and again. What happens when you come in here for an eight o'clock is not dependent upon what you experience and what you feel. Sometimes you will have an encounter with Jesus. Sometimes you will feel something is really taking place in your life. At other times you'll feel absolutely nothing. Sometimes you will feel very close to the Lord, that you're really in his presence, that you're even in a kind of face-to-face -face encounter. Other times you'll feel a million miles away from him. And yet, you're here doing the same thing, basically, each morning, worshipping, praising, thanking him, waiting upon him, seeking to hear his voice. And this should help us to understand that progress is not through feelings and what we experience. You may, not, you may not understand how this is the case, but you can come in here in the morning and feel absolutely nothing. You can feel that you've got nowhere with God. And actually, as a result of that morning, he will have done more in your life than when you have great feelings of his presence. Why do I say that? Because, you see, he's teaching you something. He's teaching you that he's not only around when you experience him. He's around all the time. That he's not only there when you have great feelings of his presence, but his presence is with you always because that's what the word of God says. Even when you feel absolutely nothing, even when you feel a million miles away, he is still present with you. He is still living within you. You are still within him, although you feel nothing. And one of the ways in which we grow in faith is you keep trusting the Lord when there's absolutely no feelings, no experience, nothing to encourage you. God does a deeper work of faith in you in those times. So those days when it seems that nothing is happening is just as important as the day when you say, wow, the presence of God was so great this morning, wasn't it? And you know, the person you're talking to looks at you and says, was it? <laughs> because you see, this is very subjective, isn't it? Oh yes, there are times when the Spirit of God moves in such a way that everybody is conscious 
of him doing something with us corporately. But it's not like that all the time. God has those chosen moments, but a lot of the time, he's just making us the people of faith, the people of dependence upon him that we need to be, the people who persevere, not who live by their feelings, not who live by their experiences, but those who live by trust in God. Let me tell you, if you live like that, God will give you all the experiences that you need. And never ever compare yourself with anyone else and the experiences that they have. My wife is a wonderful woman of God. And she has said to me so many times, Colin, you have all the experiences. I feel I have hardly any but she is just as much a woman of faith as I am a man of faith. It's just you see that in her particular ministry, she doesn't need the kind of encounters with God that I have needed for the fulfillment of my ministry. And so she learned many years ago not to compare herself with me or her spiritual life with my spiritual life, that she wasn't aiming to have the kind of experiences or encounters with God that I needed to have because of his call on my life. But she had to learn to be content with what God does in her life the right way for her and for her ministry. And that's the truth for all of us. Never try to be like anybody else except Jesus. You see, and you can't try to be like Jesus. You can only let Jesus work out his life in you. So the great thing is that God has got his hand upon you. See, and he is going to work out his purpose in you. Not by force or might, but by his Holy Spirit. He's not going to make you do anything, but he's going to work on your heart so that your love for him increases so that you want his will rather than your will. At this moment of time, that is something that is progressively happening. More and more, you want his will rather than your will. But you know, it's, it's easy, isn't it, to say, oh Lord, I give you everything. And then the Lord says, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> and you say, well, well, no, Lord, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I meant everything except that. Oh, okay, well, I'll take this. Well, well no, Lord, I meant everything except that and this. <laughs> you see, this is where the Lord takes us at our word. Yeah? just as we have to take him at his word. So be encouraged. Always be encouraged. Always continue to speak the truth over your life. But don't be fooled that speaking the truth over your life is the breakthrough. There are many breakthroughs as those truths become expressed more fully in you. Let's all stand. Come into the middle. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm happy. Is anybody else happy in here? Isn't it good to know the Lord? Just thank him that he's got his hand upon you. Right now, here, here's something absolutely crucial for you to do this morning. I want you to thank the Lord that he knows you. Not that you know him, but thank him that he knows you.
he knows all about you. After all, he lives on the inside of you. He knows you. He understands you. Come and thank him for that. He knows all about your circumstances, your situations. He knows the things that challenge you. He knows the areas of submission to him and obedience to him. He knows your fears. He knows your doubts. He knows the areas of disobedience. He knows you. And he loves you. He loves the one he knows. He doesn't love the one you should be. But he loves the one you are. Now, come on, I want to hear people thanking him for that. I mean, this is so crucial. He loves the one you are. And he loves you so much. He loves you so much, he's not going to leave you as you are. Hallelujah. He's not going to leave you as you are. But he's working on the inside of you by his spirit to transform you into his likeness. So really thank him for that. Now he knows the breakthroughs that have already happened in your life, even the breakthroughs that have happened during this term. He knows those. He knows the breakthroughs that need to happen. Hallelujah. That are going to happen. Because they're his plan for your life and he's working within you by his spirit to ensure the outworking of his plan for your life. Not your plan for your life, but his plan. He's working according to his plan. If you're still working according to your plan, it's time you give up your plan for his plan. Amen. But he's working within you by his spirit to fulfill his plan for your life. Can you thank him for that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And his plan is that you become more and more like him, not only in character, but in what you do, so that there is more fruit for the glory of the Father. So thank him, Lord, you are working within me by your spirit, so that I will bear much fruit for the glory of the Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Now, thank the Lord for every time of encounter that you've had with him. Hallelujah. Now, he says in everything give thanks, yes? So thank him for the times when you've worshipped and prayed and you felt a million miles away from him. You've had absolutely no sense of his presence, no sense of his love, no sense of anything. Thank him for those times. Thank him that although you've had no sense, no experience of his presence, yet he has been with you, yet he has never left you, yet he has never forsaken you. He's been there with you all the time. Thank him that he's teaching you not to depend upon your feelings, but to depend upon his faithfulness. <laughs> Hallelujah.
Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Korala basandaria leto papapara sandaria leto papapara sandaria. Bastakalaria leto papapara sandaria leto papapara Papapara sandaria leto papapara sandaria. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now thank him that you're a child of God. So you're a child of the truth because Jesus is the truth, isn't he? So thank him that you belong to the truth. Hallelujah. And the spirit of truth lives in you to guide you into all the truth. Hallelujah. To see that your life comes more and more in line with the truth of God's word in the power of his spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That you promise in your word that you will carry out your word. That that which you have said, you will do. That which you have planned, you will fulfill. We praise your holy name. We bless your holy name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. So thank him. He's making you into the person he wants you to be. Every day is progress. Whether you feel progress or not, every day is progress. You are progressing with Jesus towards the goal are becoming more and more like him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just think for a moment of Jesus. He had to wait 30 years before he could see the Father working through his life in the way that he knew was going to be necessary. 30 years he wasted. He, he, he Waited, not wasted. He waited. Hallelujah. 30 years of depending upon his father, although he didn't see any of the outworking of those miracles and of those transformed lives that he saw within three and a half years of his ministry. That's faithfulness, isn't it? That's perseverance. Trusting his father. See, the breakthrough for Jesus was that time when he, the Spirit of God came upon him. But then what happened? There was the breaking out of all the life and the power of God in his life and ministry. And so many people getting healed, miracles happening, lives being transformed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you know, spending a year or two here getting trained is nothing compared to 30 years for Jesus. <laughs> Praise you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Praise your holy name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, papaparia, leto papakala, sitri, sandaria, leto papapara, Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Oh, papara, sandaria, leto papapara, sandaria, leto papapakala, sitri, Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. I bless you, I praise you, I exalt you. Hallelujah. Sandaria, leto papapakala, sitri, Listen to this from one of the Psalms. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, 
I call on him as long as I live. I was overcome by trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the simple-hearted. When I was in great need, he saved me. Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. How can I repay the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Have you thanked him for your death with Jesus on the cross? You have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant the son of your handmaid you have freed me from my chains I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people in the courts of the house of the Lord in your midst O Jerusalem praise the Lord That's Psalm 116 you can Look at and pray through at your leisure. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you delight in the death of your saints. That we have died and our lives are now hidden with Christ in God. We praise you, Lord. We bless you. We exalt you. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of his people. Come on, speak that over your life. Speak that over your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, we thank you for every breakthrough that we've had during the course of these last few weeks. We've, we've had many breakthroughs, really, if we're honest. There have been many points of breakthrough in our lives. But, Lord, we want you to continue the process, and we believe that even during the rest of this term, there will be more times of breakthrough with you. Amen. Hallelujah. More times when our life will come more in line with your life. And Lord, we pray that, that uh, during the Freedom Weekend, that that will be a time of major breakthroughs for all those that are taking part. And we praise you, Jesus. We praise you. Hallelujah. And Lord, we look forward to what you're going to be doing next term uh, as we begin the term with the weeks of encounter with you, that they will be times of breakthrough that will enable a breaking out of your life, out of our lives and, and personally, but also breaking out among us. The more and more of your life, of your love, of your power will be breaking free amongst us here. And we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, thank you, Jesus. Oh, you are so good, Lord. You are so good. Your mercies endure forever. We bless your wonderful name. Thank you that you make all grace abound to us. 
so that in all things, at all times, having all that we need, we will abound in every good work. Thank you, Lord. Praise your wonderful name. Hallelujah. Come on, let's have a, a great burst of praise for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. When you have a breakthrough, live in the good of that breakthrough. Don't go back so that you have to break through in the same way again. Hello? Because you don't make much progress that way. But keep breaking fresh ground. God just gave me a word the other day when I was praying. He said, we are going to be breaking fresh ground here. That means God is going to enable us to break through in ways that we've never experienced before. So praise God. Hallelujah. So Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for all that you're doing amongst us. Lord, we want to be as clay in your hands, in the potter's hands, shaping us into the vessels that you want us to be for noble use, for your glory to be revealed in us, for the praise and honor of your holy name. And all God's people said, Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com. 